Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 992. My father always taught me, surround yourself with good people and then let them do what they do. And it's true. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Steve Linden. Hey, Steve, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up and ready. All right, here we go. Steve Linden is the CEO at Specialized Vintage Vehicle Services in Smithtown, New York. For over 30 years, Steve has been recognized as an expert in vintage, classic, and collector motor car appraisals, valuations, inspections, pre-purchase consulting, global shipping, and as an expert witness. He recently co-founded Chrome Strategies Management, where they provide multi-tiered consulting and services to automobile collectors. Steve holds the USPAP designation as a qualified appraiser, sits on the NADA advisory board, and he's the author of Car Collecting, Everything You Need to Know. He was the founding editor at Hemming Classic Wheels and is a regular automotive columnist for Newsday. So, Steve, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about your career and your very obvious passion for automobiles? Sure. Well, uh, I, I think you hit on the key word there, which is passion for automobiles. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I've had that passion really since I was a kid. Um, my, my parents recognized it immediately. They used to say you have gasoline flowing through your veins <laughs> instead of blood. And I, and I, I really do. I have a passion for it. If it's got a, an, an engine, I can drive it fly it, operate it, do whatever it takes. My wife calls it the sickness. <laughs> yeah, and, mine uh, does too. You know, What is with that? I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I, I consider that a badge of honor. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Cool. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you as we move through the questions here. But first, as we continue on your automotive journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Steve, take the wheel. Well, you know, it's funny you should ask about that because anybody who knows me knows that I love quotes. It's it's one of my favorite things. I actually cut and paste them into a long list of quotes huh, that I have. Cool. But, but yeah, yeah, but two of my favorites that, that really have helped me in, in my life and in my automotive business, um, one came from Richard Branson where somebody once asked him, they made the assumption that the customers are the most important people and mm. he came right back and said, no, our employees are the most important people. If we take care of them, they take care of the customers. Yes. Always loved that. And Steve Jobs had another one where he said something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and then tell them what to do. You know, we hire smart people and they tell us what to do. <laughs> yes. And those are two things I've lived by. My father tried to teach those to me when I was a kid, coincidentally, before Richard Branson or Steve Jobs, but I was too young and stupid to listen. But <laughs> as I got older, I learned and those are my two favorite quotes. You know, those are absolutely spectacular quotes. And I, I ran a company for a long time and and I learned after lots of errors and mistakes of trying to be a better manager all the time, that those quotes apply all the time and every time. I mean, it's just, it never fails. Is hire people that are better, smarter, faster than you, and then get out of their way. Let them do their of course. job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. My I, father always taught me, surround yourself with good people and then let them do what they do. Yes. And it's true. Yeah, it works. Yep. It works for the woman you marry, too. I, my mom always said, marry above your station. And that's what I did, <laughs> although I think that was a trick. 
<laughs> because <laughs> I definitely married somebody who's way smarter than me. And uh, oh man, keeps me well, on, keeps me on my toes. I have to tell you, so did I. My wife is a PhD and a professor, so she's definitely smarter than me. <laughs> ah, mine's an engineer, so yeah, absolutely. Oh, good for her. Good yeah, for you. Absolutely. Well, would you share a story with us that instigated that passion you have for cars? Go way back in time and tell us about that pivotal moment when you knew you were a car guy. Well, I think I knew I was a car guy from a very, very early age because my father was a car guy, and and I grew up in a in a time when you, you know it was pretty much normal, at least in my neighborhood, you know, for parents, fathers, and sons to change their own oil and do their own tune-ups. You could do that back then. Mm-hmm. So not only was I expected to do it, I actually enjoyed it. I, I think the pivotal moment came. I, I grew up next to a house. It's kind of a funny story that was shared by a whole bunch of Eastern Airline employees. I don't know if you remember Eastern Airlines. They're gone Mm, now. But whoever happened to be in town for that particular week would share this house. And one of those people was a pilot for Eastern who was into cars. He knew I loved cars and boats and all sorts of things with engines. And he was going on a trip that was going to be a couple of weeks. And he had a Triumph TR4A sitting in the garage that he had blown the engine in. Uh And he had gotten another engine. And he said, hey, Steve, you want to put this engine in for me? I was about 13 years old, 12 years old, and I said, sure, <laughs> yeah, why not? That sounds like fun. Yeah, of course, no problem. And somehow with a winch and a pulley going up to the rafter of his garage, somehow I managed to get the old engine out, get the new engine in, hook everything up. And when he came home, he couldn't believe I had done it. And we took it for a ride, and it almost worked. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I forgot to hook up the fuel line. So, oh, well, uh, that little that little fact. Nothing but, important. No. But, no. you know, once we hooked that up, believe it or not, we took it for a test drive and it drove, and I was amazed that I had done it, and it was just a blast, and that was a pivotal moment for me. You know, this is a great example of bringing young people into the hobby, into the passion for cars, and allowing them to do things, uh, go with you to car shows, to races and things. But, wow, mm-hmm. for a guy to say, hey, well, I'm gone. Swap the engine out of my car to a 13-year-old. Yep. Man, that guy had some trust, but uh, he, he probably knew a little bit about you and the kind of character you had even at 13 and trusted you with that. So what a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. yeah, what a nice yeah. guy. Very cool. Those pilots, yeah. they always had the cool cars, too, you know, back in the day. They did, yes, and yeah. boats. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I live next yeah, door to one. Well. Yeah, he's always got yeah. the cool stuff. So, Steve, what I want to do now is take a look at the many roads you've traveled down. You've been in business for yourself for 30-plus years. I mean, that's a long time, and mm-hmm. no doubt, these things and these businesses are fraught with ups and downs. A little bit of a roller coaster ride it can be. So take us to a point in time when you had a big challenge in your career, even a big failure. Walk us through it and tell us what did that experience teach you so you can move forward. That's a great question. I think one of the biggest challenges I had when I was in another business and it overlapped with this business. I grew up in the printing business and I ended up op- opening up my own pr- printing business decades oh, ago. Oh, cool. Well, we all know what happened to the printing business when computers came out. Yeah. I got out of the printing business probably literally on the right day of the right week of the right year. Nice. The challenge was what to do. And I am very, very fortunate to have a wife who said to me, take a year off, think about it. And I had always loved cars. I had a car business that was overlapping with that, with the printing business for a while. But the challenge was how to get into something that I really, really, really loved. It took me a year, but I ended up going back to school. I went to NYU. I took appraisal courses. I knew that if I wanted to get into the automotive, I didn't want to buy and sell cars. I don't enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I wanted to get into the part of it that I enjoyed, which was working with people, and a lot of it had to do with valuation, 
that I had to go back to school and get my credentials. So I did that. And during the course of that year, I wrote a book called Car Collecting Everything You Need to Know. I think it was all about the credibility. I think on some innate level, I recognized the fact that I needed credibility if I wanted to be able to market myself. And that was the challenge, getting the credibility. Mm. I did that. And my wife was very, very patient with me. And it seems to have worked. Yeah, it seems too. Well, you know, there's a couple takeaways I hear from your story. One is we go back to that marry the right person, have the right partner in your life because they'll support you during these times that you have to pivot and change. The other one is you recognize something that was changing in the industry. And sometimes people, they either don't recognize it or they refuse to see it. And I remember back to those days because I was working in graphic design and advertising. And I remember when the graphics came out, computers came out, the first Mac Mm -hmm. SEs to do graphics on. I remember our local printer, the hot set lead setters were protesting out in the front because all these people were using computers. And I would see them out there every morning walking the picket line. I think, you guys... We're not going back to that ever. Right. <laughs> There's no you reason. Hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, you yep. need to go take some computer classes and learn how to be a computer designer or programmer or something. You know, some people just they don't want to see it. They don't want to believe it. And of course, we see disruptors like Ubers and Lyfts and Airbnb and all these things that come in. Mm-hmm. Warby Parker for glasses. I mean, all these people that come in to figure out a better, faster, cheaper way to do things. And those that are not observant are left in the weeds or in the dust, as they say. Well, let's shift gears and absolutely. go to the other end. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said absolutely. You're 100% yeah. correct. Yeah. It's it's yeah. kind of sad sometimes when you just can't shake it out of somebody and say, look, this is not the way it's going to happen. Well, let's talk about a career aha moment, time in your career where you said, ah, this is another great direction I need to head. I need to go down another pivot, another good move. Tell us about one of yours. Well, I would say that my aha moment was probably what I what I had just mentioned when I saw that printing was going away. Like most people, I was a little bit averse to change and I stuck with it. I tried to stick with it, but I realized it was going away. Offset printing was was not going to be around much longer and now it's it's pretty much gone. You know, my aha moment was was saying, "What do I want to do when I grow up?" And what I wanted to do was, at that point, I was old enough to realize that I really wanted to do something that I loved. And I loved cars. And I loved talking with people about cars. And I loved working with people on cars. And that was really my my aha moment. And, and just taking that time and figuring out how to, to segue from printing to something that I loved. You know, I love the fact that you, your spouse, your wife said, take some time. That's so important. I've had friends who've lost jobs or just quit a job because they were so fed up and they felt like they had to jump right back into something. And I always said, you know, if you prepare your life properly, put money aside for that proverbial rainy day so that when you do want to make a change, you have a little time. You don't feel rushed to jump right back into something. And it sounds like you did exactly that. And then you got re-educated. You took classes, learned how to do something new. That's another piece of it. Sometimes people feel like they're too old to go back to school, but never, never, ever, ever are you too old to learn. And these days... My gosh, I mean, I learned how to do this entire podcasting thing by sitting home watching tutorials on YouTube. I figured it all it's out. It's really amazing. Yeah, yeah we can learn. It's out there. I know, it's incredible. And you can learn how to work on cars. You can learn how to extract teeth on YouTube. I mean, whatever you want to do, if that's what you want to do. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Well, you, you know, my first really special car, believe it or not, I still have. It's a 1972 Cougar convertible. Wow. Um, yeah, my father bought it brand new in 1972. And 
I traded it to him in 1976 for an old Camaro that I had. I still have the car to this day. I've had it over 40 years. It's a so wonderful car. My wife and I got married in it. My son drove it to his prom. It's it's been on trips all over the country. It's you know it's what we tend to call a ten footer. From ten feet away, it looks like a brand new car that just drove out of the showroom. But if you get up close, you see a few little things on it. But you know what? That's that's what makes it so nice. We'll take it out to dinner in the summer, and I don't care if somebody happens to open a door into it by accident. I don't even bother putting the top up when we take it into a parking lot. It's just um. Yeah, it's, it's user. It's my favorite car. Driver, yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes that makes things so much more comfortable because I've known, and I'm a victim of this, people who restore cars, and then they're so nice, they're afraid to drive them. And then I they, see that every day. They just yep. sit, and it's, it's so sad. And I've done this way too many times, sold a car and watched it drive away, and I look at my wife and say, I saved it for that guy. Why did I do that? Why didn't mm-hmm. I use it more and enjoy it more? But. Oh, I'm trying to learn that lesson in my old age here, but I'll uh, I'll think of Steve Linden every time I um, <laughs> am uh, deterred to drive my car because of a little moisture in the air or whatever it might be. Very nice. It's a hard lesson to learn. I know. Yeah. It is really hard. But I think it's cool, too, that it was your dad's car. That makes it even more special. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, how about a car yeah. that you sold and let go? Do you have a seller's remorse story in your life? Oh, we all have those stories. Can it be a motorcycle? Of course. Anything that rolls on rubber, we love it here at Cars, yeah. I have a, a predilection for for old British motorcycles because, as my grandmother used to put it, because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> and um, they're wonderful. You know, and one of the great things about them is you never really know whether you're going to finish the trip because you never know if they're going to make it. But they can be dependable if you really sort them out. But sure. I had one that I looked for for years and years and years. I really wanted a a 1975 Norton Commando because it was the only year that they had an 850 engine with left foot shift. And for those people who are not motorcyclists, you know, British bikes are typically right foot shift and everything else was left foot shift. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to go back and forth. Yes. Um, And it can be dangerous. So it's left foot shift and it's electric start. So I really wanted one, and I spent years looking for one, and I found an absolutely beautiful one. And as my wife points out to me, you spend all this time searching, then you make them absolutely perfect, and then you use them for a little while and you sell them. And <laughs> it's the thrill of the hunt, that, honey. It's the thrill of the it hunt. It is. Well, I, yeah, I keep telling her that, but I think she's right and I'm wrong. Yeah. But um, I loved that bike, and I sold it. And as it rode away, I knew out of all the vehicles I had owned that that was the one that I was going to miss the most. And I do to this day. And to add insult to injury, the guy who I sold it to uses it as his Facebook picture. So every single time he posts on Facebook, (laughs) I have to see my old Norton. (laughs) Oh, it's like your best friend marrying your girlfriend from your high school sweetheart. And then he he posts pictures of her every time he posts. Oh, my gosh. Right. And that's the one that got away. Yeah, I understand. I love Italian. I had some old Italian bikes, and I wish I had not sold them. I would have just parked it in my my entry in my house as a piece of art. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. so nice. Uh, Yeah, they were a little dicey to ride, but... So beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Ah, love I love those. old Moto Guzzi's if you love Italian. Oh, yes. Favorite. Yes. Very yep. nice for yep. sure. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What has you excited and fired up? I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about the difference between your base company and Chrome Strategies Management, because that's something somewhat new for you, right? 
Yes, it is. Um, my, my base company, which is specialized vintage vehicle services, provides, you know, 90% of my business is made up of, of appraisals for all sorts of purposes, whether it's uh, insurance, finance, donation, divorce, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. And then pre-purchase inspections where I get to travel around the country looking at cars for other people around the world who are considering buying cars here. The other part of my business in specialized vintage vehicle services is, is I do a lot of expert witness work, which usually involves around either valuation or what I call restorations gone bad. Mm. Those two things tend to end up in court a lot. So that occupies most of my time. The new venture, which you mentioned, is called Chrome Strategies. What's happened, as I'm sure you're aware, probably over the last five or six or seven years, the values of a lot of classic cars have really gone through the roof. They've, mm-hmm. they've outperformed just about everything from indexes to wine to coins to everything. So they are really a, a recognized real asset now. And because of that, when people are doing financial planning, whether it's around the collection, whether it's around their estate planning, whatever it happens to be, they rely on their, their wealth managers, their accountants, their attorneys, but they don't have the expertise right. to, to deal yeah. with the car part. The easiest way to describe it is with an analogy, and cars have become over the last few years exactly what art has been for hundreds of years. So they're viewed the same way, and you can pretty much replace the word classic car with the word art mm-hmm. when it comes to financial needs, and, and that's what Chrome Strategies does. So it, oh. um, it serves these people, those needs that are just not out there right now. You know, it's really an important thing, and I've seen this time and time again, say if somebody passes away and they leave some of these cars, even estate sales, and I've been to a few where the first place I go is the garage. Mm -hmm. What's in the garage? And I went to one years ago, there was an old Mercedes in there, and this estate company had come into the family's home. Uh, Both the parents had died. They were elderly, and the kids were selling everything. Nice big house. And they had priced mm-hmm. this old Mercedes at like a third of what it was worth. And I went right. inside and I said, who's in charge here? Yeah. And can I, you know, you've yeah. got this thing woefully underpriced. And the guy was almost kind of insulted thinking, well, I know better than you. And so I actually, I was kind of upset by it. It wasn't a car that I wanted. And I guess if I had been a little bit unscrupulous, I would have bought it and flipped it. But I just right. felt like, you know, the, the people that own this property now are trying to get something out of it. And so I mm-hmm. actually found out who they were and I called them and told them about it and ended up helping them sell the car. And they were very grateful. But this was probably 20 years ago, but I'm sure it happens over and over again. And even when it comes to expensive car parts, you hear these stories of expensive engines being thrown away because, you know, I don't know what that came yeah. out of. I think it was an old Alpha 8 something, maybe a C. I don't know. Anyway, we just tossed it. It was like, ah! <laughs> You know, wow. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a wonderful service. Now, can anyone in the country use your services or just in the area where you live? No, no. We, we travel all over the country providing this service. The simplest way to put it is is something you just mentioned. It's, it's exactly what you were talking about. Before the values of these cars went up, people would walk into exactly the garage you were talking about, and mm-hmm. they'd see five or ten cars there, and somebody would have passed away. And people would, uh, I used to work for attorneys all the time doing this. They would say, evaluate and liquidate. In mm. other words, just, just sell it. We want it gone. We want it gone right away. Right. But if you have a million dollars worth of cars and you're going to liquidate them for $600,000, yeah. the family loses $400,000. Yep. Just do it right. And right. there's so much more money left on the table. So yeah, so because of those values, we are, we are all over the country and believe it or not, sometimes even around the world because there's just not a lot of people doing this. Right. Wonderful. And people can find out about your company by going to your website? 
Yeah, it's chromestrategies.com, and it tells all about us, what we do, and how to contact us. Sure. There you go. Great service there. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Steve. If you were a car, an automobile, or a motorcycle, what would you be and why? That's a great question. Thinking about it, I, I grew up in the 70s with cars, so naturally I gravitate towards that. Inward at myself, I think I would probably have to pick something along the lines of, I would say maybe a 1974 Torino Coupe with a 429 Cobra Jet tucked away quietly under the hood. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of understated. It, um, and whether you want to take it to the track or whether you want to go to the supermarket, it, it'll get the job done without being too flashy. And I kind of like that. There you go. I love it. I thought I like the way you thought that through, too. Thank you. Well, Steve, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal... Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Steve, we are back and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? The best automotive advice I've ever received is never time to do it right, but always time to do it over. Oh, so yes. do it right the first time. Yes, absolutely. Because you'll always have to do it again if you do it wrong. Oh. Right. Yep. <laughs> Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? kind of goes with the first one and it's before you put your hands to doing something or, or even before you put your brains to doing something, 
take some time to think about what you're doing before you do it. The best mechanics in the world that I know, even though they may have done something a thousand times, they actually sit there and stare at what they're going to be doing for a few minutes and think about it and think what roadblocks they're going to run into. Yep. And they, they think before they do. So I, I find that works for me literally every day of the week. It'll save you from building that boat in your garage that then you can't get out of your garage because the door is too small. That's right. <laughs> and I've done that, by the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We had a neighbor across the street from us growing up that did that. I couldn't believe it. He had to ex- actually cut the side of his garage wall out and slide the boat out sideways to get it out. Yeah, it was – oh. It's kind of the big talk of the street. I'm sure he was embarrassed through the rest of his life. Now, do you ever? I shouldn't tell people this, but okay. I built an engine in my college dorm room and then had to figure out how to get it out. <laughs> so, if I had thought about it, if yes. I had learned from my own advice or thought about it, that wouldn't have happened. Okay, we got to hear the rest of the story, Steve. How'd you get it out of the room? I ended up having to take the, the top half of the engine apart. I had to take the cylinder heads off and the manifolds off and <laughs> oh reassemble gosh. it back outside of the room. And it was a shame because <laughs> it looked so great. I painted it. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a work of art. That's funny. Well, I yeah. appreciate you sharing that little yeah. learning lesson in sure. life. That's what that was. Now, how about a resource? There are also awesome great resources, including your company, of course, for what you guys do. But is there another resource you'd like to share with the listeners? The, the greatest resource, and, and this, this may be a little general in nature, but the greatest resource to me is the Internet. And I tell people this all the time. Um, I can't tell you how many people have gone out and bought cars and then come to me with problems that they've had with the car. And I go on the Internet, and I just simply punch in the VIN of the car. Absolutely nothing more than that. And I find out that the car was in a major accident or, yeah. uh, you know, something unsavory had happened. Right. Just Just do the simplest, the most basic of diligence. The internet is your greatest friend in the world, and hopefully you won't need people like me. Yeah, you know, it's, it really is true. And I have a couple of friends who use me as their due diligence when they find a car they want. They say, would you go with me and talk me mm-hmm. out of this car when we get there? Because you get, <laughs> that red, you get that red mist. I mean, you already bought it before you showed up. And no matter yeah. what's wrong with it, you just don't even look at it. And while, while you're sitting there yeah. writing a check, I'm standing there going, do you see the holes in the floor? There's like rust under right. these floor mats. Have you seen that? Yep. You know what's this going to cost? Yeah. So yeah, do your due diligence or bring a good buddy who's smarter than you. Not that I'm saying I'm yep. smarter than my friends, but uh, they weren't cars no, I wanted to buy. you're a little buy. more objective. Well, in that case, you are. Absolutely. In case yeah. you see it and go, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I think I want this car. <laughs> so that's <laughs> happened a few times too. Now, if I could arrange sure. for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? That person would have to be Jackie Stewart. Oh, cool. And yeah. um, it's because of something that he said, or at least it's attributed to him. And again, it goes back to my love for, for quotes. But he, he said when it was time for him to retire, at least this is, this is attributed to him. He, somebody asked him, why are you retiring? And he said, the speeds are too fast and the walls are too hard. I always thought that was a great statement. I hope it's true. I hope he said it, but it it just says so much about timing and when to do things and when not to do things and, yes. and being realistic. And and that's the person I think I'd like to sit down and have a drink with. Yeah, and he was such an advocate for safety and did so much for racing yes. industry and safety. I had the pleasure of sitting next to him when I was at the Pebble Beach Concours once up in the judges' box, and I get to talk to him oh, for a little wow. bit. I would love to get him on the show. He's a very difficult guy to track down for this kind of thing, but maybe one of these days I will land that interview. That would be cool. But uh, that would be great. Sir Jackie Stewart, absolutely. Now, yeah. how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? 
I don't have it in front of me because I just read it. I enjoyed it so much. I gave it to a friend of mine, but it was written by somebody who I suspect you may have even had on your show at some point, um, a gentleman named Alex Roy, um, uh-huh. and he wrote The Driver. Yes. Yeah. And I just read it. I enjoyed it so much. I don't remember the specific details, but he set the the cross-country from New York to Santa Monica record in 30 or 31 hours and some odd minutes, I think back in 2006 or so. It it was just so enjoyable to read. It may not be something that you want to give to your teenager to read. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a little little racy. (laughs) <laughs> a little, yeah, no pun intended, yep, but uh, it is. It's, I, it was just such an enjoyable read. One of the other books that I read many, many, many years ago that I just, I loved, it's, it's more if you're into history and automobiles because it, it combines the two, and it's called The Reckoning, mm, and yes. um, it's a fantastic book about how the, the Japanese made inroads into the American market and regardless of how you feel about anything it's just from a historical perspective it's absolutely fascinating yeah wonderful book and and of course alex he's a multi-gumball and cannonball record setter just one of those wild and crazy guys that did that back in the day i mean all those guys brock yates and uh even dan gurney participate i mean there's just all sorts of people doing that very cool yeah i'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources steve has shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to Cars yeah, type in Steve Linden, L-I-N-D-E-N, and that page will pop up. And there's another great place called Guest Recommended Books on the Cars yeah website where these books and all the book recommendations by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts are listed there with quick, easy clicks to buy. It's an awesome resource. All right. We are up to the checkered flag, Steve. This is the fun one. I call it a real doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Money's no object, but you got to get rid of all your other toy cars. But you know what? Since that car was your dad's, we're going to put that one in the back of the garage, and I'm not going to make you get rid of that. That would be a little bit too much. But I'm going to buy you a very cool car today. Don't worry about the price. Don't worry about the insurance. I'll even pick that up. I'll call my friends at Haggerty and have them cover that for you. What's it going to be and why? Um, it would be a tough choice between two cars. One would be the Lamborghini Miura, um, oh. because I just think it's one of the most beautiful cars ever built. But I think the one that I would go for, which is very fortunate for you because it's a lot less expensive. Okay, thank you. You're putting the bill, <laughs> would be the Jag XKE Roadster. Ever since I was a little kid, I've, I've always thought it was the most beautiful car ever built. I, yeah. I had the opportunity to drive one to Florida when I was 17 years old for, when you were for 17? another kid. You know, you've got yeah. a lot of adults that really trusted in you when you were a kid. That's for sure. Well, the only reason I got to drive that down is because one of the wealthier kids from the neighborhood that I went to school in got one as a graduation gift from high school oh. and did not want to drive it to Florida himself where oh he was going to school. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. So I got to drive it down, and it was the trip of a lifetime yeah. even to this day. And I've just, I just think they're just such absolutely beautifully stunning cars, and that's the one I would take. Yeah, they've got a place in my heart. I had a detailing business as a kid, and I had a client who had – it was a little bit later. I'm, I'm guessing you probably like the Series 1 or 1.5, one the older ones. This one was a little later. It was a 72, but it was a V12. And mm-hmm. I used to ride my bike down to South Mission Beach and drive that car back to La Jolla. And I just remember sitting in that thing, looking down the hood and the sound of the engine. And the top was always yeah. off. He had a hard, uh, yep. a hard top for it, but he always had that off. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing I didn't like about that car was detailing those wire wheels. 
Oh, yeah. That took forever back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you did it with shoelaces. I dipped them in soapy water. and every, Really? Yep. Every one of those. I, I used to call it, oh, flossing the wheels. <laughs> wow. You learn. You truly do learn something every day. I never would have thought of that. Flossing the wheels. Yeah. But uh, oh, I love that, that car. Fantastic. Yeah. That was a cool they car. Very, very nice. Well, I'd be happy to find you one of those. But you know what? I'm gonna have to find it in, in say L.A. and drive it back to New York. So uh, I'll I'll be I'll be there sometime this summer. How's that sound? You got it. I'll be waiting for you. All right. Well, Steve, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Did you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the New York countryside in that Jaguar XKE Roadster? A little bit of parting advice. Um, well, you know, I think it's something that I prob- probably have to be something that I said a little bit earlier, which, uh, again, a- wisdom comes with age and-, and do what you love. And you may not get rich, but at least you won't mind getting up for work every day. That's for sure. That's for sure. Mondays don't exist when you have your own business and you're doing what you That's love. That's right. That's for sure. Yep. And but again, what's yep. the best way for our listeners to learn more about Chrome Strategies Management and Specialized Vintage Vehicle Services? Well, Chrome Strategies Management, they can visit the website, which is chromestrategies.com. My business is stevelinden.com, or they're always welcome to call me uh, at 516-524-4102. There you go. Well, listeners, again, I'll put these links and that phone number on Steve's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website. Just visit us at carsyow.com, type in Steve Linden, and that page will pop right up. I would encourage you to check out his services because I have a feeling at some point in time, you're going to want to give Steve a call and have him help you. Steve, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah! listeners. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!